Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast. I am here today with Darren Lizak. He's a founding member of Korea United, a real estate trade organization, and he's the associate VP at NAI James E. Hansen, a commercial real estate company. So thank you so much, Darren, for being here with the audience today on Mission Driven. Um, certainly appreciate your time. It's my pleasure, Monica. Thank you for having me. Of course. So um, we were introduced because of networking and then also social networking. So can you talk a little bit about your experience, whether it's over the past year or two years or five years of using social networks to improve your personal network? Absolutely. So I have an interesting history in the sense that I married a, uh, a Broadway actress. Um, she's been in six Broadway productions over a 30 year period. And when we got together, social media was her whole world. It still is. Um, she lives in Facebook, in Twitter, Instagram. And I felt like a dinosaur because all I was doing was focusing on LinkedIn. Um, yes, I do have an account on Facebook, but I was using it to connect with people uh, on a social level, not really right. any business interaction. Um, but when LinkedIn first hit the scene a number of years ago, I really was drawn to it. And to me, it was Facebook for the business community. So I would spend a good half hour to an hour every single day trying to just connect with people. I would, I would just be you know, bouncing around, searching, finding people. Um, and I tried to find people that were um, you know, related to my industry in real estate. So that included different service providers, architects, engineers, contractors, those people I come across on a regular basis in my brokerage business. Um, even though I'm not an engineer, you know, I might need an engineer to fix a problem with one of our buildings. Um, I work with architects on every single one of my projects. You, you know, oftentimes an owner would hire me and say, listen, can you go and, 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 and rent out my space? And I'd say, do you have any plans? And they say, no. I said, you want me to do a very challenging job blindfolded. That's very difficult to do. So immediately I have to engage an architect. Um, but back to social media. So I would constantly reach out and connect with people on LinkedIn. And as time went on, I realized that connecting is not the only thing. You have to be on top of people's minds. In order to do that, you have to have a presence on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know about you, but I get about 350 emails in my inbox a day. Yes. And most of them are industry related and mm -hmm. fluff. And yeah. I want them out of my face. So for me to just constantly reach out to people to try to get to know them on email is really not desirable. But with LinkedIn, it's sort of indirectly marketing to them. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I post something on social media that I'm looking for this client, this is my requirement. You know, I'm connected with 11,000 people on LinkedIn. I know that it's going to get seen. So I think with LinkedIn, it's really a twofold process. It's not only putting content that's meaningful, that other people may find interesting to look at and what's going on, industry standards and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you have to grow your own sphere of influence. So I dedicated that hour every single day to connecting with people. And I think it's a little bit more challenging today because of the security measures that LinkedIn has since implemented. In other words, if I came to your LinkedIn page 
I could see who you're connected with. And then I can go and connect with them, right? So we, we, we meet somebody through another connection on LinkedIn. Well, you can turn that on and off as part of your settings today. So a lot of people who you might want to get to know, you're like, who are these people doing business with? Whoever they're connected to on LinkedIn, that's who I might want to connect with. So I did spend a lot of time doing that. Um, I still do that. I, I haven't stopped. You know, my, my business has really picked up. So when that happens, obviously there's less time for me to, to, to play around on LinkedIn. But on a downtime, on a weekend, I am always seeking out new people to get to know. That's awesome. So besides, um, you know, adding people to your, your network on LinkedIn, are you engaging them on their posts? Are you inviting them into different groups that you're a part of? What, what's the next step? The next step for me is, is, is very interesting. I, I started a trade organization about 14 years ago at the direction of, of my boss, uh, the president of NAI, James E. Hansen. His name is Bill Hansen. He said, look, I want you to align yourself with other professionals that focus on real estate from a different angle than we do. So I went out and found an architect and an attorney and a contractor and so on and so forth. And he offered up our boardroom. Our office was in Hackensack. Now we've since located, relocated to Teterboro and we get together once a month. And the idea was to not call ourselves a networking group like these other traditional groups that may exist, BNI, LATIP, just to name a couple of them. Uh, there were so many, and by the way, I was in one of these organizations for four and a half years, and I still keep in touch with some of those people. Really good people, I'm not discounting those organizations, but there were a lot of things I didn't like about it, and I got rid of them all, yeah. okay? There is no pressure on anyone to refer business to each other, right? You don't have to show up and, and make sure you have leads. We became a problem solutions group, the world has no shortage of problems. Right. And when you discuss your problems around friends or people that you get along well with, they're willing to share information with you. They might come up with suggestions that you never thought of. So I really learned how to work in a team environment whereby one plus one equals more than two. And, and, and there is true value in a team. So to connect that with LinkedIn, I am always looking to reach out and connect with other professionals that might touch my industry in a different capacity. Why? Because we're probably working with the same clients and offering different services. And if we can collaborate with each other, we help the client go further, faster, and spend less money at the same time. So, sorry for that. No problem. Um, and it's interesting that you, you say that people are constantly um, facing problems that they need solutions for a networking group that I've been a part of. Um, you know, everybody did their 15 second introduction. We're all from each industry. It was kind of a BNI where the B stood for beers because we yeah. met for happy hour. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. I was like maybe the third or fourth member to this group and we've really made it much larger. But I found that the scenarios, whether it was on Zoom during COVID or in person prior to and since then, the, the times where we talk about problems is really when you get to understand what that business does and how that person thinks. Because you can meet 10 digital agencies, you can meet 15 architects, but what is their specialty? How do they think? What can they do? Is it cookie cutter? 
or is it individualized and really problem solving for that, that potential client? Um, so I think that's actually more important than any kind of networking 15 second introduction or elevator pitch. It's more of what problems have you solved and what kind of person are you while you do it? The majority of the meetings are spent listening to the problems that the members have. For example, if I'm hired to rent out a building, my problem is that I need to rent this building out. The problem doesn't go away until I do it. Okay. And if I have all these other professionals sitting around me and I'm explaining my problem to them, they may have a client that is perfectly suited for that problem. So they, they reach out to their client and say, Hey, I found an opportunity. You may want to take a look at it. So I'm, I'm going in the side entrance <laughs> as opposed to through the front door. And by the way, the traditional methods are taught to, you know, canvas or cold call or knock on doors. People don't want you to do that. If you walk into someone's office out of the blue without an appointment, they're like, get out of here, you know? Um, and they should, especially now in the, in the, the pandemic environment. No, you know, nobody wants to see it. They're not even in their office. They're not even there. Exactly. So, you know, I do a lot of healthcare work. So if I walk into a doctor's office, A, they don't want to see me. B, I'm going to be met with the receptionist or the office manager who's going to shut the door in my face. And, and I never have an opportunity to get the information to the person I really want to have it. Well, when the attorney that works with this doctor reaches out to the doctor and say, hey, listen, I found something that you're going to want to take a look at. I know I've, I've, I've done my job, right? And my clients appreciate that I'm taking a slightly different approach than most of my competition. And I am always asked, what differentiates you from every other broker out there? I'm not the only broker, right? So I, I can tell a story that no one else can tell. And, and it, it does create tremendous value. By the way, I often will ask clients that have a situation to attend these meetings as my guest. And I say to them, we're going to discuss your project for a half an hour, but it's not going to be you and me discussing it. It's going to be you, me, and 15 other advisors. And let me tell you that we all look at this project from a slightly different perspective. I have my, you know, I have tunnel vision. I'm focused in my world. And everyone else seems to be focused on their world too, which makes sense, by the way. It's not uncommon. It's not unnatural. But when you allow other people to look from a different angle and comment on the same thing, you know, you might, you might think of things, you might think of the solution in a different way, right? So the architect is looking at things completely different from me versus an attorney. And for that client to engage in a conversation with all of us together, without being charged any money, they're pretty impressed by, by the outcome of, of that short meeting. Right. And, and I think it goes a long way. Right. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking in dollar terms, the, if you hired a consultancy to do exactly that, that's a couple of thousand dollars, even for a half an hour's worth, because you're really tapping into all of their experience. Like when you go to the doctors, you're like, oh my goodness, the bill is $500. It only took five minutes. Well, it took them 20 years to get to this point for it to take only five minutes, right? Um, so you're providing that service for free, essentially, you know, you show up and they, and they get that advice, um, whatever the cost associated with, with being part of the group, it's, it's not going to be the McKinsey's That's right. price, right? 
Um, and that's what right. you get with quality people in networking that want to be there and want to help genuinely, as opposed to pushing their card on you or trying to, you know, lowball their next competitor. Um, it, it's not the same. There's networking think, and there's working smart. I think people need to learn how to give in order to receive. Givers okay? gain. A lot of people show up to a BNI or a tip meeting and they're, they're expecting things to just fall in their lap. And that is not how it works in the real world, okay? We live in a world of who you know, more so than what you know. And what I've learned over the past several years is be really good at something. Right. And then know who to turn to as an expert for everything else. Because you can't be, you can't be an expert in everything. That's just not a possibility. Right. So. Absolutely. So going back to using social networking to increase your networking, um, what trends have you seen this past year? Great question. Um, I will say that can, you know, there's trends in social networking and there's trends in my business. Um, you know, when we first went into quarantine back in March, Zoom was not part of my everyday vocabulary. I was familiar with it and I had been on some Zoom calls even from my office in Teterboro, but immediately I got myself a Zoom account. It seemed relatively simple to use and even elderly people who are technology challenged uh, were able to log into a Zoom call just by clicking a button. Um, and, and, and in our trade organization, Korea United, a lot of the members are seasoned people. They're not, they're not young. Um, not that that's a bad thing or a good thing, but it was very simple for them to just jump on the bandwagon. And what I noticed then was a tremendous ability to connect with people, all right? We were all sitting at home, right? Hibernating in our own little bubbles, but we were able to connect in real time and talk about what's happening down in the trenches with everyone's clients. So, you know, to not skip a beat, I mean, obviously getting together in person is much more desirable. There, there's something about that that Zoom can't bring to the table, but it is a good alternative when you can't meet in person. And forget about what the media portrays or portrayed uh, or will portray. When you talk to the people that are working with their clients in real time and find out what's happening, great things come from that. And I will say, um, I had a very good year last year, and and most of it was set, was spent on a Zoom in a Zoom room or on my phone or on my computer, not even going to the office, not going you know running around and meeting with people. Right. So it, it was it was really eye opening to to be put in an environment like that. I mean, none of us probably in our lives have experienced anything quite like this, right. and. Uh, and, and I think it was invaluable to put all of these people together the way I did. Absolutely. And I also, you know, each group, by the way, there's nine of these groups running today with 70 different members. Um, and each group is a standalone group with a certain specific focus. And um, I had calls where I invited all the members from all the groups together. It was, it was really very interesting to, to, to go around the room for two hours and let everybody have an opportunity to speak about their own experience during COVID. Yeah, you know, so. it, part of it is, you know, that, that famous saying of we're all in this together, which is kind of oversaid. Um, 
having the team mindset, understanding again, on a human level, who you're working with, what they're struggling with. If they have five kids working on schoolwork from home and they're a single parent or any number of other things, it's not easy. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you know, John is in the same exact situation I am. Let me talk with him one-to-one. And oh, by the way, now I have five referrals for him because I, I happen to have one factor where I can know, like, and trust him. Yep. And now we're doing business together or yep. referring business. I, I think people quickly came around to the, the fact that, you know, I, I have a five-year-old and he would often pop up his head into the screen and start making faces. And, you know, under normal circumstances, you'd be like, that's very unprofessional. And that's not how it's done in the business world. But guess what? We're all real people. We're all in this together. And, and people just, no one had a problem with it. My four, he was four at the time. He just turned five. But he would grab my phone or my iPad and start reaching out to clients and sending pictures of himself. And I mean, he's four years old. I, I just, I immediately, you know, text back. I'm so sorry. That was my four-year-old. He grabbed my iPad. I didn't know he was doing it. And he just started hitting buttons. So I think people have grown to, to be okay with that. It's yeah. not, it's acceptable, right? Right. Um, even not wearing, you know, professional clothing, people would be dressed in, in normal everyday attire. And I don't think it was offensive to anybody. Right. I still don't think it's offensive to anybody. So where I've seen the change in, in social media, in marketing, advertising, um, I think LinkedIn is an unbelievable platform. Uh, one of the things that, that I did in 2019, okay, so this was pre-COVID, uh, my partner, Randy Horning, and I hired uh, a LinkedIn professional. I think you and I spoke about Joel Bear. We spoke, we both know Joel Bear, right? So, yeah. so we hired Joel Bear to, to train us on how to utilize LinkedIn. And I already thought I was pretty good at using LinkedIn before I met Joel Bear, right? I told you I was out there reaching out, connecting with people on my own. But when I saw Joel Bear's first presentation, I, my job almost dropped to the floor. I could not believe the capabilities that LinkedIn offers. I just, I also was, I had sales navigator. I was already, you know, at that level, but I, I didn't know there was more <laughs> and I was, I was really falling behind the curve. And um, not that I look, I think, I think it can be a full-time job focusing on advertising, networking, right. reaching out, connecting with people on LinkedIn. And if, if you're like me, which most people are, they're, they're in their own world, in their business, in their trade. You know, this is something new. You need outside help to facilitate that. So I mean, that's I, one thing that my company does and that I has think. taken off in this past year. I have five, six, almost six clients, hopefully he'll sign this week, where we're doing the entire LinkedIn campaign from ads to yep. posting, to linking with people, messaging them. And then when it gets to a certain point, we hand it over. Um, but it, it's a very popular service because people don't have the time. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm blown away. Um, we just recently got introduced and I hope, you know, we could work together also in that regard going forward. I think there's, there's plenty of opportunity for that. Um, I, I'm looking to not only grow the brokerage business that, that Randy and I run, uh, we just hired some, some, some extra help ourselves because our business is really, we're going through some growing pains. Um, so it's a good problem to have. Uh, I think we just hired somebody today to help us um, alleviate some of our pains. 
We're also mentoring a junior person in the business and in brokerage. You really need to learn from somebody in the business on how it works if you if you want to be successful. Um, and and this trade organization, Korea United, uh, we're looking to expand it. Um, we're going to start by uh, expanding into South Jersey, uh, Philadelphia, and just north into New York in Orange and Rockland counties to start. And the reason we decided to do that was because the network with the Korea members today in the, in, the, in the nine groups, we're all located in Northern New Jersey. So we have a very good concentration. And, and although there's no competing service being offered once a category is filled in a specific group, in other words, there's only one architect, there's only one engineer, one attorney. Right. Um, but if you look at each group individually, they have an attorney and an architect also, right? So there's crossover when you bring those groups together. Um, and, and what's happening now, because the social events that we would arrange in a non-pandemic environment, <laughs> bring everybody together, you know, and socialize and get to know each other right. really takes on its own course, okay? And, and that's why I very much look forward to the day we can have in-person meetings with everyone getting together. I hope by the end of this year, hopefully the vaccine really works and everyone comes out of their bubbles yeah. and, and gets together like, like society deserves to be. We are um, social creatures for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Darren, my last question for you, what is your mission? What is my mission? So I have a couple different missions. Um, I would like to see Korea United expand over 50 states. And that might seem like a monumental task to achieve, but many of the members of the organization today have a national and or international presence already. So I think it just takes a little bit of time for word to spread. And I'm planning on doing it slowly. I built what I have today slowly over 14 years. And I, I'm, I'm still relatively young. Uh, so I'm gonna be around a long time and, and, and I wanna see that flourish. And, and I know that it's getting better and better each day because I meet people all the time because of it. And the members are introducing me to people. That's how I met you, for example, Monica. So this, this organization does have its place in the world. Um, I also would like to grow my brokerage team. So Randy and I partnered up seven years ago and you do go through some, some growing pains when you first partner up with somebody, but I can tell you that when you find the right partner, you can conquer the world. And, and Randy and I, haven't, we haven't had one argument in seven years. And I, I can't say the same thing about my wife and I. So Randy handles, he handles all the, all the fighting with my wife and I handle all the fighting with his wife. So we all get along in harmony. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, finding the right team is important and it takes a lot of time. The organization Korea United, I didn't just put anybody in a room together. I selected very carefully companies that had a good reputation of doing business in New Jersey. And I wanted individuals that shared my morals. You know, I have good morals, I have ethics, I have integrity. And I knew that every other member had to exhibit those same traits or it wouldn't work. And, and, and look, the world has no shortage of not so good people. Most people would agree with me. Maybe not everybody, but most people would say that. And once you find the, the, the good people, you wanna stick very close to them. 
right? Because they're going to help you and you're going to help them. Absolutely. And, and that's what that's what makes the world go around. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Darren, for your time. Um, I will have all of your information in the show notes down below for the audience to engage you or contact you in some way. Um, but thank you so much for sharing what networking has done for your business and for your networking group. Monica, I want to thank you for having me on your show today. I appreciate it. <laughs>